Please pray with me. Lord God, thank you for the gift and blessing of this night. Thank you that in the midst of dark darkness, you have caused your light to shine, Lord. And that light has been spread, Lord, from person to person throughout these last two millennia. So that it has come to us, shining brightly in this world. We pray, Lord God, that you would speak to us tonight. That you would reveal yourself to us, Lord, and that in your grace, your mercy, and your love... Be born in us tonight, Lord. We pray that you would speak to us. We pray for your revelation and your guidance. And that, Lord God, you would give me your words to speak to your people. And that, Lord, you would put your word in each and every one of us. And we pray this in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. Good evening. It is so great to see you all. Well, when I was younger, right, I remember thinking it was very important to have known a band before they got big, right? Does anyone remember having that feeling like, oh, yeah, yeah, I know those guys, but I knew them before they were big or before they sold out, right? I used to say it like that, like, I knew them before they sold out, right? They used to play in little clubs and stuff. You'd be right there with them. Yeah, I knew them back then, right? And it somehow gave you, like, cachet or, like, a leg up on them, right? That somehow you had followed them in, in their fame, which is not really true, right? I mean, they got famous and you stayed the same. But, um, you know, there was some kind of identity that came out of that that you knew them back when, right? It's like this with places too, right? My brother, uh, he has been, for a while, he'd been living in Brooklyn. He can't live in Brooklyn anymore because now it's been found by everybody, right? And so now he's priced out and he's moving further outside the city. Right? That's how things work with places too, right? Oh, I was in Brooklyn before it was cool. You know? Or I was wearing this fashion thing before it was cool. Or I was saying this term before everyone else started saying it. Or I was eating at this restaurant when nobody knew about it. Right? We all like these things, don't we? Yeah. Yeah, we do. Right? Life is like that. We humans often feel a certain connection with things. And as they rise, we rise. Tonight I'm going to be speaking about baptism. And for that, I'd like to read you a passage from the book of Romans, which I think um, Paul really digs into this, this concept of baptism. It's from Romans chapter 6, verses 3 through 11. Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ were baptized into his death? Therefore, we have been buried with him by baptism into death. So that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, so we too might walk in newness of life. For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we will certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. We know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body of sin might be destroyed, and we might no longer be enslaved to sin. For whoever has died is freed from sin. But if we have died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. We know that Christ, being raised from the dead, will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him. The death he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. So you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. Now, Paul in this passage is explaining the significance of baptism to the church in Rome. 
He explains that those who have been baptized into Christ were baptized into his death. Does that sound fun? No, that doesn't sound exciting, does it, right? I mean, nobody really likes talking about death, do they? Not typically, not if we're balanced humans, right? We typically don't like talking about death that much. It's a little frightening, intimidating, and um, we're not exactly totally settled about it. You know, it just makes us feel squirmy a little bit. But baptism, Paul links to this act of death and burial. The person in baptism is brought down into the waters and dies a symbolic death. This is really clear, like, when you, um, for instance, think of Jesus being baptized by John the Baptist, right, in the Jordan River, right? He was under the water and then back up again, right? Buried under the water, coming back up again into new life. That theology was so clearly seen in that act of baptism. Paul connects this death, this being buried under the water, with the death of the old self, or the sinful flesh. Paul is saying that sin dies in baptism. Does the water kill it? Is it like that antibiotic, uh, that hand wash I used out there, you know, that kills all the bacteria? No, it's not like that. Um, It is the work of God working inside the person. The water is the means of the vehicle by which he carries out his perfect cleansing and making righteous. Sin dies in baptism. According to our passage, it is nailed to the cross and dies. Now this is good. And though we might not like talking about death, this death is a good death, right? Because that old self, that sinful nature, that self was a slave. It was a slave. And when that self was alive in us, we were slaves as well. We were slaves to sin and death. And when that old self goes under the waters of baptism, it dies. It dies. And what comes up out of that water is something entirely different. It is new. It is a new creation. It is free from sin. It is alive in Christ. And it is alive to God in Jesus Christ himself. Now, what does this new life mean for us, right? We come out of the water. Dane, you've just been baptized. What does that mean for us? Well, it means that as someone who has their faith in Jesus Christ, we walk in grace and love. It means that we think of God first and others before ourselves. It means that we submit our desires to the will of God. It means that we forgive and accept forgiveness. It means that we love and serve others. It means that we confess when we fall short and we are reconciled to one another. It means that we make things of beauty that reflect the beauty and perfection of God. It means that we no longer live our lives in conformity to the world, but in conformity to God. Does this sound like a lot? Anyone have this list nailed down in their life? And that's only a starter list, right? Really, it means to live just like Jesus. Right? If you want a short answer, live just like Jesus. And is it impossible to do that perfectly? Yes. You and I will fall short. 
That's why in this process of being a new creation, we trust in God who is able to do more for us than we could ever ask or imagine. We trust in his strength, not in our own. We lean on him and hold fast to him who has done this, who has lived this perfect life. We hold fast to him because he is the one who can empower us to serve him faithfully. And when we fall short of this, what do we do? Start again. We start again. We come back to the foot of the cross. Come back to that faith in Jesus Christ. We affirm our faith in him. We confess our sin. We receive his grace and love. We go from cross to the empty tomb, and we are resurrected. To live like a new creation takes getting used to, though. And our world is not exactly set up to encourage it, is it? No, not at all. Therefore, we must encourage one another in this life. That's one of the reasons we gather as a church, right? Is so that we can encourage each other in this faith. We can, we can prod each other and spur each other on to good deeds and to faith in Jesus Christ. We come together to encourage grace, love, and sacrifice. That's why before Dane was baptized, we all said we will encourage her in her faith. We stand with her, and we will support her as she seeks to know and love Jesus Christ. Now, I began by speaking of my desire to catch a rising star and hold on to it, right? You know, whether it be restaurant or band or whatever. It's a little ridiculous if you think of it, right? I mean, yeah. But when it comes to Jesus, the true rising star, it makes perfect sense. Because he is the one who, through his rising, lifts us all. When we hold fast to him, when we put our faith in him, he takes us with himself. His death becomes our death. His resurrection becomes our resurrection. His life is our life. His victory is our victory. Unlike those bands and restaurants and places to live that get popular... We will not be priced out of faith in Jesus Christ. We will not be left behind by him. He takes us with him. And so in his resurrection, we are brought to life. Paul says, we will certainly be be united with Jesus in a resurrection like his. Tonight, we baptize Dane. And that baptism was a symbol and a sacrament of her movement from death to life. She was baptized into the death of Jesus Christ and is now alive in his resurrection. Let us encourage her and each other to walk in this life with faithfulness as we seek to serve our Lord Jesus Christ. And with her, may we all go daily to the waters of baptism where we find both death and life. Death that frees, and life that enables. Let's pray. Lord God, thank you that you are the one who takes us from death to life. You are the one who tasted death on our behalf. And so when we come to you in faith and confess you as Lord and are baptized, you make us a part of your death. Thank you for not making us have to taste that death on our own, Lord but for doing it on our our behalf. And thank you, Lord, that by faith in you, we are part of your resurrection. 
Lord, that power is beyond what any of us could ever muster. And yet, Lord, you invite us in your perfect grace to be a part of your resurrection. Help us to live in this life, this new life which is ours in you. As we struggle with this old self, Lord, may we constantly return to you, confess our falling short, receive your grace and mercy, and be sent out into the world, enabled by the power of your Holy Spirit, to love you, to serve you, and to love and serve others. Lord God, we pray that on this Easter vigil, Lord, as we celebrate your resurrection to eternal life, that you would give us faith. Help us to trust in you, Lord. If we've never put our faith in you, we pray that we would seize this moment to confess to you the ways we've fallen short, to turn to you in faith, trusting that you are the one who has conquered death and sin and receiving you as our Lord and Savior. Lord, set us free from this body of death that we might live in life and in rejoicing. And we pray this in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Amen.